Come be a part of the Tea Party with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board Doc Holliday's Tea Party right now. It's only a click away. Welcome and thank you for clicking on to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. I'm your host, Ed Holliday. You are listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. And we are in an exciting program. We want to get you fired up. We want you to get excited about the November 2nd elections. This is the last full week before the elections. Can you believe it? We've been talking about it. We've talked to candidates. We've talked to those who are inspiring candidates, those who are in part of the Tea Party movement. And now it's time to remember in November. So many of you are getting excited, not only getting excited, you're putting out the signs, you're going to the phone banks, you're making phone calls, you're getting the conservative candidates lined up to win. It will not happen unless you get to the polls. Don't forget. Not only you, but get your mom and your dad and your uncle and your aunt and your neighbor and your friends. Make sure your children get there who, who are over 18. Make sure they're voting and make sure we get the conservatives to the polls. The people who show up are going to be the ones that win. The people who get the most out. And let me tell you, don't forget, John Adams said it was never more than a third, one third of the people what brought about independence and the birth of the United States of America. He said a third were for independence. A third were with the loyalists. And the other third were quiet. And he didn't quite know what to be for. They were waiting to see who would win. It's those who are determined. And we as Tea Party people are determined. We're going to turn this nation around. So get excited. Get on those phones. Get out to vote. On November 2nd, you've got to get to the voting booth. Don't listen to the polls and think we're going to have a great victory. It will not happen unless you make it happen. You and me working together, we are going to do it, knocking on doors, making speeches, putting out signs, making phone calls. But you've got to get your friends and neighbors out to vote. And that's why tonight we're going to have a special guest named Russ Latino. Russ is an attorney, an accomplished attorney. He's a young man. He's also a big Tea Party speaker. He knows so much about what's going on in politics and America. And he's going to be our guest tonight to help sum up this final week before November 2nd. And now before we bring Russ on, let me uh, tell you about Karen Herzog. Some of you have been talking and, say, and asking me, where do you find these Tea Party supplies? Well, we found a great place. And uh, without any further ado, let me introduce you to Karen Herzog. Hey, uh, this is Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You're listening to Ed Holliday, your host, and we have on the line Karen Herzog from Adco Marketing. Uh, how you doing, Karen? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you on our program, and one reason we got Karen on here is because her uh, company uh, produces patriotic items and uh, tell us a little bit what what you have to offer, Karen. Well, we're a family-run business here um, based in California called Adco Marketing, and it's adcomarketing.com. And one of the reasons that uh, we were contacted by you guys is that we 
offer a lot of made in the USA products. So um, a lot of those products actually will have your logo on them for for campaigns or for sort of uh, large quantity giveaways that you might want to be doing for for various events. And Karen, we do have a lot of uh, tea party organizers that listen to this show, and they're always needing some things to add to a, a tea party uh, celebration or meeting, and, and so. Uh, that's one reason we wanted you to let people know, and the, the site is adcomarketing.com. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And um, there's a button you can click on on the left-hand side when you get to it called Made in the USA. And what we can do in terms of products that are actually made in America that you can use for the campaigns are anything from the notepads and, and pens that you might um, hand out at, at a conference where everyone's taking notes and all that to the actual balloons that are... Uh, blown up and you know for for these parties and all and then the lawn signs and things like that if you have uh, folks listening that are running for office or maybe they're trying to push a particular uh, measure to get passed in in their town we do the signs those are also made in america that you can um, essentially uh, do in lots of you know colors whatever the colors of your theme are and and things like that so we have kind of a wide variety of items on there on there uh, when when you say made in USA, you got my you got my vote for your company. I, I like hearing things made in USA. I know not everything is, and you, but you point out those things that are made in the USA on your website, don't you? Yeah, it's really um, interesting. You know, some things are more expensive that are made in the USA. For example, if you want a hat, a made in the USA hat's pretty expensive. It's it's a good ten to fifteen dollars. But you might be surprised at the kind of things we have that are made in the USA that are you know, as little as 89 cents, and that would be a lot of the plastics out there, like the plastic drink bottles that you might do if right. you're doing a, a, a little run or a jogathon or something like that. Um, we also have uh, a lot of the paper products, of course, sticky notes and things like that are all made in America. And then um, finally, as, as you're kind of going through there, lip balm of all the things is <laughs> actually a, a good, fun trade show handout or handout at, at one of these events. You could do it in a funny flavor or something, you know, based on whatever the, the theme is. And those are all made in the U.S. or we have the ones that are made in the U.S. on our website as well. Well, uh, Karen, we appreciate you coming on and letting our, uh, all our listeners hear about these products. And we are hoping to have a big tea party after November 2nd. So uh, everybody needs to uh, get together and check out uh, adcomarketing.com and see, see what you can get for your next tea party. Uh, any any last thoughts you want to give us, Karen? Well, we just appreciate uh, everyone out there supporting a family-run business like ours. We're also a woman-owned, and uh, we're just trying to help uh, get this economy back going again any any way we can. So thank you so much for uh, considering Adco Marketing. we got on air a Russ Latino, an accomplished attorney. He's a Tea Party speaker. I've met him at several Tea Party events, and he's also a, a Radio host at times fills in for people and does an outstanding job. And uh, Russ, uh, welcome to Doc Holiday's Tea Party. Well, Doc Holiday, I appreciate you having me on, and thank you for the kind words. Uh, glad that you're uh, you're in the fight on the radio. Well, uh, I've enjoyed the radio show. We've got listeners across the nation, as a matter of fact, and we're glad to have you on the show with us, Russ. And tonight, one thing I want to talk about is we got these elections coming up. This is the last full week before uh, November 2nd. And uh, I know you've, you've been keeping up with what's going on. In fact, on uh, one of your radio shows, you, you had a 
Congressman Pete Sessions. Uh, tell us a little bit what he was talking about for the Republicans and where they feel they are at. Yeah, sure. Congressman Sessions is the chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee. He's a congressman from Texas. I uh, spoke with him yesterday in an interview, and uh, they're very optimistic uh, about what's going to happen on November 2nd. They feel like uh, momentum is on the Republican conservative side. They feel like, uh, you know, the, the voters are enthusiastic and expect to see big changes um, coming out of November. Well, one thing that uh, that I've just uh, told our listeners about is uh, the polls. You can't just trust the polls because if you don't get out and vote, it's not going to happen. So the number one thing is you've got to vote and you got to take your friends and neighbors and get everybody out to those polling booths. Polling well, a- absolutely. And, and if you think about it uh, as a race, you know, any good, uh, any good runner will tell you in a race that you don't run to the finish line, you run through the finish line. And it's real... Uh, enticing to look at the numbers and say, well, we're not going to have to do much. Republicans are going to win this election and and to back off sort of at the last minute. And that's how we we lose or that's how we don't take as many seats as we need to really, uh, you know, bring about real change in Washington uh, in November. So it's important for people to finish the race and and run through that finish line. Well, those are words well said. And uh, going from there, one of the things I know uh, the uh, the Senate <clears throat> does not look as favorable being able to take over the Senate. But what what is your take on the United States Senate? Well, you know, I, I was with you and agreed with you um, for for most of of the election cycle. In the past couple of weeks, I've kind of changed my thought process, and I think it's possible uh, that Republicans might take back the Senate. Um, right now. Rasmussen today said that it was basically 48 seats Dem, 46 seats Republican, with six states that are toss-ups, California, Colorado, Illinois, Nevada, Washington, and West Virginia. And if you look at those races, uh, those are races that normally wouldn't be close uh, in states that have swung uh, blue and Democrat in recent years. But those are neck-and-neck races, and in a lot of them, uh, the, the Republican actually has a slight advantage. So you know, there's a chance if they pick up five of those seats that they do have the majority in the Senate, and uh, I'm not willing to say that it's not going to happen. Uh, I think more than likely Democrats will maintain a slight slight edge, uh, but it's in play. Even the U.S. Senate is in play. Well, Russ, what you're saying is, of course, deep down in my heart, I'm hoping the conservatives will be getting out to vote, and what we talked about is the conservatives, if they get out with a wave, and a lot of the liberals, if they'll just stay home, and we're hoping they'll stay home and go to sleep. But it's uh, that—that's a lot of these close races. Really, you won't know which way to go till the till they count the votes. Well, and I, I think there are a lot of conservatives out there, whether justified or not, that looked at the the Republican Party over the past ten years and felt like they they talked the right game, but didn't necessarily live up to principles uh, yeah, that true. conservatives adhere to. It is my sincere desire that those people don't sit on the sideline in this election. The only way to change the way that people think about policy is to be vocal about it. Um, you know, politicians understand that, that they're working with an electorate uh, that is responsible for whether or not they have a job. And so the, the, the key for conservatives is not to, to abandon the Republican Party. The key for conservatives is to ensure that the Republican Party uh, remains true the conservative principles and ideals, and, and and those are winning 
ideals. I mean, small government, fiscal responsibility, free market economics, those are broad-based you know, concepts that are winning concepts. And those winning concepts is what we've been talking about at uh, Doc Holliday's Tea Party for the past several weeks and months, just the same as you have uh, as you speak at Tea Party uh, uh, events. And the same, same thing across the country. And we do see, I know, of course, in the district I live in, we have seven independents on the ballot along with the Republican and the Democratic. Uh, uh, nominees of their party and we see that a lot of places Tea Party folks have gotten people fired up but one of the things that I know upsets some people when I tell them that we to make your vote count you're going to have to vote for somebody in the party and I know it's, it's, you may not be a, fired up for that candidate but I tell people you look at Nancy Pelosi if you like what she's been doing in the last couple of years then by all means go and vote for the Democrat but if you want this country to turn around you really don't have a lot of choice but to vote for the Republican and the more conservative candidate. Well, and you know, our, our founders, if you look back at their writings, they were concerned about the factions that ended up being becoming political parties. But the reality is we, we live in a two-party system. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak with and meet some of the other candidates in the 1st Congressional District. I think they're fine people. Uh, their hearts are in the right place. Uh, but Alan Nunnally is the only conservative in the race that has the opportunity to, to beat Travis Childers. And I tell our listeners we're talking about the first district in Mississippi. That's yeah, where I'm, I'm live sorry. Right I'm now. sorry. I, I, I typically focus on Mississippi politics, and I'm forgetting that you're you're national. I apologize about that. Uh, but but in that congressional district in Mississippi, um, Senator Nunnally, who's a state senator, is is the Republican nominee, and he's the one that that has the best chance of beating the Democrat nominee, which is sitting incumbent Senator uh, Travis Childers. And it's a race that has drawn national attention because of that fact. Um, but, but we also have to be careful, if I can say this, in the grassroots conservative movement about labeling anyone who has been a member of the Republican Party for some time as being a rhino. And I've heard a lot of accusations uh, towards some people that I know personally who are incumbent Republicans who are, who are very conservative, but I think a lot of people assume that because they've been around for a while, they're quote-unquote establishment, or they, they're not really principled people. And, and I don't think that's a, a fair characterization. I think you've got to look at somebody's voting record and look at their character and not assume that because they've been around for a while that they're somehow less genuine uh, as a conservative than, than people who have recently become involved. And, uh, and that's a good point, Russ, and it brings up, I, I read something in the L.A. Times, which is... Uh, uh, of course, very liberal paper, but they were talking about, uh, they had a headline that said, this brew just can't last, and they said, in this crazy election year, the Tea Partiers have shown surprise and strength, but the internal contradictions are so numerous, it's hard to see how their influence will last. And that's really what uh, most of the liberals want the Tea Party just to go away and just evaporate, and, and they think there'll be a lot of bickering, fighting, and that's the whole thing, what you're pointing out, you can't just go around calling names, but we have to stick together and move this nation more toward the conservative principles. And it won't, it won't happen overnight. It won't happen in one, one election. But we've got to keep pushing it back toward the conservative principles. Well, for, for too long we've allowed liberals and progressives to frame the debate. And what we've got to do is we've got to realize that good public policy transcends party lines. It transcends race. It transcends sex. Um, you know, it, it, it's something that most people 
will pick up on is common sense. The, the idea that you, you're not supposed to spend more, more money than you make. That's a common sense principle. Yeah, very common sense. You know, and it's something that you can take to the American people and you can contrast. You could say, all right, this side of the debate is saying it might be nice for the government to do all of these things, but we don't have the money to do all of these things, and, and so we've got to cut back. And the other side of the debate is saying, no, we're going to run up the debt and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren are going to be responsible for paying it back. And because of the expansion of government, they're not going to have the same freedoms uh, that you have. Now, if you if you frame the debate in that way, which is a fair way to frame it, uh, yes, you know, seventy percent, eighty percent of the people out there who are hardworking, self-sufficient people are going to gravitate towards the conservative side of, of the debate. But but we've allowed progressives to frame the debate in an emotional way uh, that takes away from from just common sense perspective. Um, and so that's one of the great things about the Tea Party. If the Tea Party can stay focused on those core principles and not get distracted on the margins. Well, Russ, you, you pointed out everything so well. And that's, uh, I, I would like to say one day I would love to see you running for office. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I tell you, um, I kind of stumbled on to, uh, to being involved. I've always been interested in good public policy and I've always studied politics and history. Um, wrote a few articles, and that kind of led people to putting me on the radio. And before you knew it, I was speaking at some Tea Party events. And over the past couple of years, I've had you know several people encourage me uh, to consider that. But my, my yeah. basic take on it is this. I mean, uh, one, uh, I, I'm in a, a fairly young career uh, with, with my wife and, and, and building a family, and, and so that's the, the, the biggest priority that I've got in my life. Um, but, you know, if I was going to run for office, it would have to be a position from which I could feel like I could legitimately contribute. One, um, two, I'd have to know that I wasn't, you know, that that I wasn't in a field with people who are more qualified than I am, because uh, I think the ultimate arrogance are people who run for office, uh, regardless of whether or not they're qualified for the position they're running for. And uh, then three, I'd, you know, I, I need to feel like I could win. And uh, you know, that, well, that's I what just... it comes down to. I'm just going to tell you, I, I sure uh, would love to see you run unique people like you and, and others. And I think this is one of the great things about the Tea Party movement. It's it's getting people ready to run that may have not have thought about it, may not have had a platform. So uh, so uh, I'm glad that at least you can put it on the back burner and consider that. Well, and, and I appreciate it. And I think you're right that uh, there is the potential in, in this movement, and we've already seen it. Uh, you look at Sharon Angle, you look at Rand Paul, you look at Joe Miller, oh, yes. uh, you look at Christine O'Donnell. Uh, we've already seen the impact of, of candidates who are aligned with the Tea Party 912 conservative grassroots movement. I mean, I like to tell people that I'm a conservative Reagan Republican, uh, but that doesn't mean that I can't also be a member of the Tea Party. Uh, yeah. Because if you look at the, the those core principles that we talk about so much, because they're that important, uh, those are principles that most Republicans would say that they adhere to as well. The, the differences in how we communicate those ideas, and, and the beauty of the Tea Party movement is that it's reaching people uh, that are not traditional Republican voters or people that have been disillusioned by Republicans who had failed to adhere to those principles, and, and it's bringing new people into the fold. Well, I say that I say that all the time, and, and, and that's, again, one of the good things about the Tea Party movement. And uh, just a second right here to remind our listeners that uh, you are listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. I'm your host, Ed Holliday, and we're talking to Russ Latino, a Tea Party speaker, an accomplished attorney. And we've been 
uh, talking to him about the elections and bringing back around some of the uh, different candidates that you mentioned. I, I know just recently we had uh, in the uh, Christine O'Donnell in Delaware in her debate with, uh, I believe, Mr. Uh, Coombs. Uh, Who's just a horrible, horribly horrible. liberal guy. I mean, he is as progressive as they get. Well, he, today, I don't know, uh, or just recently in the debate, where he talked about she said there is no... There's, uh, I don't know if you heard that on the news, where she said, you know, where in the in the Constitution does it say separation of church and state? And the whole liberal media has taken that and and act like she was an idiot because she said it's not in there, and it's not in there. It's not uh, the 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 notion of separation of church and state came from a letter that was written by Thomas Jefferson uh, to the Dansbury Baptists in 1802. Uh, I believe they were in Connecticut, and the problem that they were facing was that basically the state was hostile uh, to the Baptist denomination, and so that was the context in which uh, the letter was written. I, I don't think any of our founders wanted a, a, what is thought of today as a theocracy, but they certainly recognized the role of religion uh, in the individual's life as well and in framing our form of government. Um, you know, you look at the Declaration of Independence, our, our president is, is fond of not mentioning the word creator when he talks about the Declaration of Independence, but oh, yeah, it, it, that. it recognized that we were endowed by our creator with unalienable rights, and that the purpose of government was to secure those rights, not to create new rights. And, and the way that our founders went about doing that uh, was in part based on their understanding of human nature, which was a scriptural understanding. Our founders understood that man had a sin nature. You look at James Madison, he said that uh, if men were angels, no government would be necessary. But yeah. what they recognized is that men had ambitions, they had greed, they would usurp power. And so they designed a government of limited power that was separated amongst the branches to, uh, Madison said, for ambition to counteract ambition. And so the way that our government was structured was based upon a recognition of scriptural principles. Um, but, you know, when you say that, uh, Russ, go ahead and tell our uh, audience about uh, being on scriptural principles, and I believe, in, and also that Madison, he was, uh, he, I think he got his, uh, like, postgraduate degree in, in uh, Hebrew law or something to that effect. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that, but I, I, it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, for, for all of the flaws that our founders had, and, and they certainly did, they were human beings, too, uh, and, and we've all... We all suffer from that sin nature. Um, but they were learned men. Um, they were incredibly learned uh, in comparison, I think, to some of the people who get elected today uh, to lead. Because today, in this culture with, with quick media and 24-hour news cycles, it's all about sort of the salacious, quick soundbite, you know. And, and it's, it's who can burn who. And it's not really about who substantively has the most knowledge and ability and that's a that's an unfortunate part uh, of the way that our society has kind of developed. Well, this talking about that is like in that debate we're talking about with uh, Christine O'Donnell and uh, uh, that uh, uh, far left Coombs guy. You know, it's it's like they make her out to be a witch, but he's the one holding. The, uh, he's the one like running running from any kind of religion, like some Dracula dude or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I don't know much about his his religious beliefs. I I know that. Uh, that he is incredibly progressive when it comes to his policies, and uh, most progressives aren't aren't all that religious, and don't really have much faith in anything beyond their own intellect, which is 
to, to me, the ultimate arrogance and, and vanity, especially when you consider how, again, how flawed we are. I mean, uh, I know I make mistakes on a daily basis. I'm sure you'd be willing to admit to the well, same I, thing. I have to admit, I've, I've made daily mistakes myself. Yeah. But, you know, here's the, to, to come around to what we began talking about, full circle, uh, we have an opportunity to make a real difference in this country in November. Wow, Russ, I can't believe where the time has gone. I can't believe that it just moved right on. Listen, Russ, I want to get you back next week when we finish this conversation. And to remind our listeners, we are listening to Doc Holiday's Tea Party. I'm your host, Ed Holiday, and we're on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. And we've just spoken with Russ Latino and be back next week because we will continue that conversation. We appreciate Russ and uh, his uh, knowledge of what's going on in the Tea Party movement and politics. And we'll have him on next week. And let me tell you about what's coming up. Uh, I've got to go over a few of these races. The House races, more and more of the uh, bastion of liberal liberalism where everybody thought they were entrenched more and more becoming vulnerable and that's because of what you have been doing so i appreciate you using your knowledge like a crowbar to pry open some of these races that everybody thought was going to be over they're not over it won't be over to november 2nd uh some of the ones that uh i mentioned last week uh Kavinovich, uh out in ohio uh, he is starting to come under fire. If you remember, you can go back and listen to last week's uh, episode. And I, I, I was telling people to get out and uh, vote. And, and I had a friend of mine who lives in Ohio. He says, I live in Dennis Kavinovich dis- district. And I said, well, get out there some signs. Don't give up. And lo and behold, I'm telling you, he's in trouble. So get out there and those signs. Even you in Ohio that are in such liberal places, you can do it. Not only can you do it, you are doing it. And let's talk about some of the races. There's a, in, in the House, there's more and more houses, House races that are coming into play. There's a couple Republican uh, that House seats that are probably going to be taken. That's down in Louisiana, which is a unique situation where we had a, 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 a Congressman Cow was, uh, and he, he's in a predominantly Democratic district. He, he won last time, and he's, it'll take a miracle to get him back in. Let's pray for him. But uh, the other races, what we're looking at, uh, everything, let me just tell you, some of the people who are in trouble, and if uh, they're in your district, you can get up some signs, and they, these are Democrats who are in trouble. Uh, Kilroy in Ohio, uh, Halverson, Illinois, um, uh, Cosmos, Florida, that's Florida 24, uh, in Alabama, Pomeroy, uh, Dry House in Ohio, Kenjorski, Pennsylvania 11, uh, Perello, Virginia 5, uh, Crotteville, Maryland 1, Murphy, Pennsylvania 8, Edwards, Texas 17, Markey, Colorado, uh, Colorado 4, uh, then uh, uh, Botsereri, Ohio, 16. And it goes on and on. Uh, uh, Mississippi, Childers, uh, Mississippi 1. And we're seeing more and more of these uh, places we thought were set in stone for liberalism. You're out there and you're getting it done. Uh, the Senate, it's fluid. I'm, as I'm speaking, as I'm doing the show, it looks like uh, 
Phil Arena is closing in on Center Boxer in California. So get out there, all you people in California, get some signs out, and let's push Fiorina over into the win column. Let's get her in there. Let's get uh, Boxer out. She's had enough time to wreck this country, and you, you can put a lot of the senseless liberalism right in her plate, and let's get her out of the office, and let's get somebody in there that has more common sense. The Senate, of course, in Arkansas, Lincoln looks like she's cooked goose. Uh, Lincoln in Arkansas in the Senate, but let's don't ever don't ever think it's over till you vote. So people in Arkansas, get out there and vote and make sure you send her home. Uh, the other uh, Senate races, so many are close. Of course, we know uh, Senator Feingold in Wisconsin is behind. Get out there, all my Wisconsin friends and listeners, and you make sure Feingold has to find a new job. And uh, of course. What we have in Colorado, uh, the appointed Senator Bennett is running behind out there. So make sure you get that liberal Bennett out. And we go on to West Virginia where that is open. That's where Senator Byrd passed away. And the sitting Democratic governor looked to be a shoe-in. But people in West Virginia, if you like your Democratic governor, keep him in office. Just don't put him in the Senate. Let's make sure we get uh, the Democrats out of power in the Senate, and that's one of the ways we can do it. So on and on, you know your situation, your district, you make sure that you get out there. This is the time, this is the place to make everything count. Uh, you may lose a few hours of sleep in the next few days, but get out there and make it happen. Make it happen. You're doing it. We're doing it together. Doc Holiday's Tea Party and you, and I've had several comments said, Ed, why don't you get us fired up with uh, Plymouth Rock of Liberty speech, and this is one that uh, I'm going to take a little bit of what I've done before, and I'm going to get you fired up now. All right, everybody ready to get to the pose? Well, let me give you a little poem to get you going there. Remember in November, we must all stick together, even though there may be some stormy weather. Patriots must stick together no matter what, because we can smell our leadership in Congress starting to rot. The kickbacks and the payoffs and the great big lies leave our leaders in Congress with no alibis. The voters are the judge and the jury. Come November, we shall deliver our sound and fury. We must motivate everyone that we can muster because Pelosi and Reed have the arrogance of General Custer and his patriots and his tea partiers gather over this land. May November be remembered as the socialist last stand. To the Constitution, we will remain true. We fly the colors red, white, and blue. Though the mainstream media may call us a motley crew, we don't drink Pelosi's punch or Obama's brew. We stay away from that poisoned Kool-Aid. We know when the numbers are fake, and for heaven's sake, we shall rattle and shake the very foundations of our nation like a political earthquake. Because the Tea Party numbers do add up. The patriots gathering on the up and up. It's our leadership in Congress that has grown corrupt. It's their arrogance that stirs us up. And from sea to shining sea, American patriots are going to dump the leadership in Congress like the Sons of Liberty dumped the tea in 1773. And now allow me to paraphrase some lines from Aragon's in uh, The Lord of the Rings. 
I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of conservatives may fail, when we forsake the freedoms bestowed upon us, when we trade away our birthright to live free. A day may come when we forsake our children and our grandchildren and break all bonds of fellowship. But it's not this day, it's not this generation, it's not this election year. This day we choose to fight by all that you hold dear on this good earth. I bid you conservatives get people to the polls on November 2nd. Do not go gentle into that good night. No, like John Paul Jones, let us declare that we have not yet begun the fight. We shall fight the far-left radicals on the campaign trail. We shall fight the liberals at the ballot box. We shall fight them in the halls of Congress. And we shall fight them in every nook and cranny where they try to run and hide because we are, we the people, and we're on the move. Freedom has a contagious momentum. Let's get fired up because nothing can stop an idea whose time has come. So Tea Partiers everywhere unite and go to the polls. And I hope that what I say today will stick to your heart. Because what sticks to your heart is what moves America. And let us come together to declare for the spirit sticking deep down in our American hearts and souls that this Tea Party movement is America's new birth of freedom. We are the spirit of 1776 coming alive from Alaska to Florida, from Hawaii to Maine, in all points in between. I'm telling you with a sense of urgency, I implore you to stand up for freedom. Go to the polls on November 2nd. Take someone with you. Take a lot of people with you. Make sure you get out and vote. Fire up everyone that you know that is conservative and make sure they vote. And remember in November that all the far left did cramming socialism down our throats. We will vote. We the people are going to vote. And we're going to flip the house and trip up the leadership in the Senate and this government of the people by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth. So help us God. God bless America. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You can order Ed's book, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.